0: Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's spend time in God's Word today, okay? We're in the book of Hebrews. We will look at Hebrews and go as far as we can go with the Word today, and then we'll pick up next week. This book is all about the supremacy of Christ Jesus, God's supreme Revelation is Jesus Christ. The greatest of Revelation is that God came and walked among us in the person of Jesus Christ. Before we pray, I want to make a few statements here. The best way is good when it's the best, Right? The best way for us to learn how to pray is to ask the Holy Spirit to grow in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to say that again. The best way for us to know how to pray is to grow in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God allowed Paul to experience. And that's how he prayed for the church, that the church will grow in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are saved. We already put our faith in Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit wants us to grow to know more of who who our Lord Jesus Christ is. And then we would know how to pray. The Holy Spirit would lead us how to pray. God's supreme revelation, Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father, thank you. We come before you, Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, and ask, O Holy Spirit, that you will do just that today. Reveal Christ in our hearts. Help us to grow in knowledge of who our Savior is. So thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. little background. Not going to give much on this. A little background concerning this book. Most likely, this church would have been a church right in the area close to Rome. <coughs> it would have been a church where the believers in there, most of them would have been familiar with Old Testament theology. Because the writer of the book may build its foundation. An Old Testament theology. He is going to be referring back all the time of what God did in the past and what God is doing now through Christ Jesus. The book of Hebrews stands by itself, in a sense, in the New Testament. The book of Hebrews has the greatest expression as to who Jesus is. It defines who Jesus is more than any other book in the New Testament. That's a blessing, isn't it? It tells us who Christ is. It was written during a time where the believers were struggling. There were different ideas coming in the church, ideas of experiencing practicing the Christian life, wanting to focus on personal needs, and in so doing, they were moving away from the Word of God. And so in the book of Hebrews, we have one of the greatest statements in Scripture concerning the Word of God. It speaks to today, doesn't it? Yes. It was a time in which believers... You can. they started to say, okay, this is, this is Christianity, and I'm experiencing this, and I'm, but now God wants me to focus on my personal suffering. That's what he wants me to do. And he wants my life to be centered on me. And God says to the church, just as he's saying to the church today, what we have to do is focus on the word of God. And when we do that, the Holy Spirit will help us to grow to know who Jesus is. We do not know who the human author is. It could be Luke, could be Apollo, could be Paul, could be Barnabas, could be any one of those leaders. We do not know who the human writer is. But this we know, it's from the Holy Spirit. For the Bible says, holy men of God wrote, as they were move from the Holy Spirit. I want you to turn today to a couple verses here because without this, we'll miss the foundation of what this book is all about. So I want you to just go over to chapter 4. Go over to Hebrews chapter 4. Because everything you read in the book of Hebrews is going to be from chapter one, and I'll share that with you later on, but it's going to rest on this perspective. Hebrews chapter four and verses 12. Hebrews chapter four and verses 12. And I'd like us to read this together, Hebrews 4:12. "For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of souls and spirit, and of the joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the hearts. Now, stop. Verses 13 is so important. That's why I say pause. So let's go through verse 13 now. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. See that last part there? Who are we going to give account to? To God. And it is the word of God that is living and the word of God that is powerful. In our lives, God wants us to embrace and understand this. God says heaven and earth will pass away. This is it. This will never fail. And just as the devil came against the church at that time, perhaps this book might have been written about 60 A.D. around that time, (coughs) almost 2,000 years have gone by, and the devil is still attacking the Word of God. Saints, listen. This is the sword of the Spirit. This is the only possible way that we can conquer Satan is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. Now, let's now get into chapter 1. Look at chapter 1. Now, the way God gave us His Word and what He wants us to understand in His Word, that's the way we ought to receive it. You got that? That's the way we ought to receive it. We ought not to approach it and try to apply it in our lives. God did not do that. The way He gave us His Word is the way He wants us to receive it. So Hebrews chapter 1 and verses 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purge our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. We as humans, we were made less than the angels, Scripture tells us. So if we're talking about supreme beings, or which beings are greater than humans, it would be the angels. But even the angels... Christ is greater than the angels. And they're before God worshiping him. Of course, they're fallen angels. One third of the angels are fallen, the Bible tells us. And they're now demons in the world, roaming back and forth. But they will come to an end. The book of Revelation tells us that they they will come when evil will no longer exist, for God will take Satan and all those angels, demons, and he, they will be placed into eternal hell forever and ever. But while we are here, we have to contend with that reality that the devil is real and he's attacking us humans. And we, God's children, are not exempted from that attack. Foolish is a child of God or careless. The child of God thinks that the devil will leave me alone, he will not, he is he's not our friend. He's describing the Bible as the adversary. He's not going to wait for us to come to him. The Bible says he comes to us. He's like a roaring lion. He is seeking. He is seeking us. Don't think you can stay by yourself and think the devil will leave you. He is seeking you out. He knows your weaknesses. He knows areas where you need to grow in. And he'll attack you just there. That's where he will come at you. He knows your past. He even knows your condition before you were born, your ancestors. He understands that. He understands bondages from generation to generation because those are generation curses that the devil wants to keep from generation to generation. And he uses everything to come against God's children. The devil is attacking churches. He's attacking leaders in the churches. He's attacking the Word of God today. So many pastors today have moved away from the very concept that the Word of God is powerful. They have moved away from that. Instead, they're using the Word of God just to accomplish personal needs. When the Word of God was never, ever, ever meant for that, the Word of God is to reveal Jesus. Jesus himself taught us that. In the book of Luke, it says that he taught Christ, God, when he walked among us. Started from Genesis, went all the way to Malachi, and he taught everything concerning himself. Now churches, most churches in our country today, they're being built not on sound theology, but they're being built on some kind of quick fix. Let's see how God wants us to deal with our marriage, husband, wife, children, finance, house, job, all those things. Let's pull as many principles as we can from the Word of God. Instead of, oh dear God, what, why did you really give us your Word? Now let's, are we following this? Yes. So let's see what God says concerning His Word. God who at various times And in various ways, there were times in the past, going back to Genesis from now, God spoke. Spoke in time past to the fathers of the prophets. Who is speaking? God is speaking. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. We cannot and we should not tell God how to speak. We cannot. God is speaking and he is speaking, still speaking today through his word. And he did it back then through our fathers and through the prophets. All of the kings that God called, the prophets that God called, the leaders that God called. They wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, they led as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In these last days, God is speaking. God is still speaking. In these last days, spoken to us by His Son, God is still speaking to us, not through prophets anymore, not through kings and the other authors of the Bible and leaders, but He's speaking to us through Jesus Christ. That's how God is speaking to us, humans, God's children, the church. We're not speaking to God. God is speaking to us. This is why we have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to grow in knowledge of Jesus. Why? Because God has appointed him heir of all things. God has made Jesus head of everything. Jesus came in our form. He is representing us before the Father through whom He also made the world. God, the Blessed Trinity, God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit created everything. In the beginning, Elohim, God created. God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit And God created everything through Christ. It was an activity of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Church, listen. We are going to put ourselves and get ourselves in trouble if we neglect Jesus. If we just have Jesus as a a little side thing, a side name, someone to use, someone to just shout out, I'm coming in the power of Jesus. When God is saying, I have given you my word, and I am speaking, and only I'm the one speaking, and I'm speaking to you directly through my son, Christ Jesus. And I'm doing it with, through my word, which is powerful. This, is, this reveals Jesus. We can even meet and we can praise. We can meet and praise and sing praises to God, and miss the focus on Jesus. We can come to Bible study. We can learn how to, all these principles of how to do and what not to do, and leave Jesus completely out. God says, I'm speaking to you through Christ Jesus. We came to Christ because we heard the message of Jesus that he is our Lord and Savior. Yesterday I spoke about that man, shared a gospel with him from West Africa, and he put his faith in Jesus. He had to believe in Jesus. How could he believe in him if he did not hear? How is he going to hear it if someone did not tell him? So I had to choose to hear the voice of the Spirit and tell Him that Jesus is His Savior. That's what the Word of God is all about. It's God speaking to us. Every time you open the Word of God and read it, stop, stop looking for these little principles that satisfy self. Instead, approach the Word of God this way, the way God wants us to do it. God, when I read your word, Father, let me hear your voice. Father, reveal Jesus in me. People, I I share this with folks all the time. (coughs) And they say, yes, but the other makes sense. Go the other way, it makes sense. God exists in heaven just to meet all my needs. So it makes sense. And I said, okay. Let's say for a minute it makes sense. If I ask someone, how old are you? 50. Okay. How long have you been saved? 30. Okay. For the last 30 years, did it work? Has it worked? No. Are you really living for Jesus? Did that method solve anything? No. Never will. When God spoke to the prophets of old, beginning with Moses all the way, the focus that when they wrote scripture was Jesus. Are you following this? Their focus was Jesus. When God is speaking to us today, our focus is Jesus. Jesus. It's amazing, isn't it? The more we grow to understand who Jesus is, trust God. The Holy Spirit will then help us to deal with life issues. Just trust Him. Christ, who being in the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, God is revealing His very glory through Jesus. That's what God is doing. That very essential glory of God is being revealed through Jesus. To know God is to know Christ Jesus. To grow to know God, to understand how to worship our Father in heaven, how to worship Yahweh is to know Jesus. And God is upholding all things by the power, by the word of his power. God is sustaining the world and he's sustaining all lives through Jesus Christ. Jesus, when we come to Jesus, saints, it's not that I have this one time experience and then I put him aside and I'm doing my own thing. We start with Jesus and we continue to look unto Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of all faith. We don't start with Jesus and then we start looking at self. And, oh dear God, I need 10,000 principles how to survive life. Start with Jesus and we continue with Jesus, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, He is going to be a witness as to who Jesus is. He will not even speak of Himself, He will take what is of the Father and reveal Christ to us. Did any of us get saved by understanding biblical principles? No, we got saved by knowing Jesus. When we read the Word of God, let's stop telling God what we think He should have done in His Word. This is to reveal Jesus. He is upholding all things by his power. When he had by himself, Christ purged our sins. Now we sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus has all authority. Here's the amazing truth about this. He is at the right hand of the Father, therefore he has all authority. But he's also representing us. That's what he's doing there. He's representing us. Jesus is representing you, and he's representing me at the right hand of the Father. Amen. Amen. Can we see how with this understanding, it's going to transform our prayer life? That the one whom we are praying to in his name, he is in heaven. And he's saying to the Father, by his shed blood, he has purged our sins. And the Father says, Yes, I see them holy and without blame. And He's saying, Now they're living for a different purpose. I just didn't purge their sins and portray them as a, a nice piece just to admire. But Christ is saying, Father, I continue to get my gospel into the world for whom I die. And I'm using them as my vessel. So that this can happen. Are you seeing the difference? With theology, there is activity. If we ignore theology and we look for activity, we will always end up in a mess. Does that make sense? Are you all following this? In the absence of theology, all we can have is a nice fancy church, a lot of people, a lot of noise. the Bible described in the Bible this way, clinging noise, making noises. With nothing. It's God's word, isn't it? Because who is speaking? God is speaking. God is speaking. Only the truth sets us free. He has, by inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than they. Jesus is greater than the angels. And then he's going to go on and defend us. For to which of the angels did he say, You are my son? Today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he said that all the, the angels of God worship him. When we worship Jesus We're not just worshiping Jesus. We're worshiping Jesus as the Messiah, as Savior, His work on the cross. We're just not worshiping the name or the person of Jesus. We're worshiping Him for who He is, what He has accomplished for us. And of the angels, He says, who makes his angels, spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companion. Jesus is anointed in heaven. Christ Jesus, our Savior. And you, Lord, in the beginning, laid the foundation of the earth, and the earth are the work of your hand. They will perish, but you remain. They will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be changed, but you are the same and your years will never fail. But to which of the angels has he said, sit on my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? The angels are involved in a process, and that process has to do with salvation, our salvation. Saints, Listen. <coughs> God let someone use someone to write these verses. Because back then, the devil moved into the churches. This could have been one church, or it maybe it's written to a group of churches. And warning them, do not walk away from your focus. Your focus is Jesus. Do not Be so deceived and conceited that you're thinking that yourself is more important than Jesus. That's very attractive. It's Jesus. The value of who we are as a person is based on Christ. Where he is and who he is to us. And we find in this scripture here concerning Jesus... One of the greatest and clearest definitions as to who Jesus is. As we started in verses 5, it is obvious it is speaking about Jesus. You are my son, that's Jesus. I will be to him a father, that's Jesus. And he shall be to me a son. Let all the angels of God worship him. Are you following? Are you with me on this? All right. Let's pay attention to God's word because remember, God is—he has spoken. He's speaking to us, and of the angels, He said, "Who made His angels spirits and His spirits a flame of fire?" But to the Son, He says, "Who is the Son? Jesus." Now observe this. Your—who is the your? Jesus. Your throne, and what's the next? What's the other two words? Oh God is forever and ever. Nowhere in the New Testament it makes it very clear that Jesus is God, like here. The only other time that it makes it clear is when an angel said it. it says, His name shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Your throne, O God, Jesus is God. He's God. See why the devil wants to steal our focus on Jesus with focus on self? He is a right hand, the one who is at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the one who represents us. He is the one who shed his blood. He is the one who purges from our sins. He is the one who is Lord of Lords. He is the one who satisfies the Father. When we worship him, we're worshiping him for who he is and what he is doing and what he has done for us. This message of Jesus, this is the only message that defeats Satan. The devil had that man as, all, as he had us at one time on our way to hell without knowing it. But he got saved yesterday because he heard the message of Jesus. That Christ is his Savior. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We bless your holy name. Oh, dear God, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you, Jesus, for your, your death, your burial, your resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. God, when we open your word, help us, Father, not to speak into your word, For you said that we will give an account. Help us to approach it, Father, with humility and brokenness. And you, Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus in your word, dear God. For you said, God, that you are speaking to us today through your Son, Christ Jesus. Let it be Jesus, you and you only. In that way, Father, we know that our minds And our hearts will be renewed. For you will do it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. 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 Praise God. Saints, listen.